Hi guys, my name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. We are 9 to 10 days away from Christmas and that is for you who loves Christmas like me. And if you don't give a damn about Christmas, forget I said anything. (laughs) And also, it's assuming that you're listening to this on Monday. But yeah, I'm super excited about Christmas. 21st, I'm going to be spending it with my family. I've done most of my Christmas gift shopping. I've realized those are the two things that excite me nowadays about Christmas. It's just family and gifts. Me, I like presents. (laughs) Hint to you. You can send some my way. Why not? I don't know as of now what my New Year's plans are. But when I was like a freshman in uni, early 20s, by November, I knew exactly where I was going to be jumping into the New Year from. I probably already had my ticket or I was talking to a plug who was going to get me free tickets. But age is so real. Currently, I have no idea. (laughs) But I'm going to try and not do my countdown in my house. As in, that'll be like 30 going on 60. So no, if you have a New Year's plan, please just (laughs) send it my way. But then make sure that it's at a decent place where if we are talking, we can hear each other. (laughs) This is my age leaking. Anyway, I'm sure I will find a plan. But currently, I am recording this surrounded by many clothes and an open suitcase because I am parking to go to Egypt. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm going for the World Youth Forum. And it's my last work project for the year. So when I come back, I can rest. I am going to, not Cairo. Okay, let me try and pronounce. So I'm going to... (laughs) Sham El Sheikh. Yeah. It's meant to be like a city that is really beautiful. A lot of tourists go there. I'm hoping that in between the sessions during the forum, I can be able to do a bit of sightseeing. But if not, that's also okay. Um, But yeah, so I'm packing and recording (laughs) at the same time. Anyway, this is episode 40 meaning we've had 40 weeks of legally clueless and i have some good news so this past week there is a research company in kenya called one pulse and they did research on media so you your traditional media like radio stations tv stations they looked at different advertising campaigns over the year of 2019 And they were looking at qualitative research around those things. So as part of their research, they included looking into podcasts. And guys, get this. The most popular podcasts of 2019, um, in Nairobi at least, are two. The international one is Joel Osteen. Is that how you say it? Me, I don't. (laughs) Is that how you say the guy's name? Anyway, him, his podcast And so his is the international podcast, the most popular international podcast. And so then the most popular Kenyan podcast is Legally Clueless. Yeah, so that's really dope. It feels so validating because, you know, 40 weeks ago, if you listen to episode one, I was so confused. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Hence the name of the podcast being Legally Clueless. So at the time I had resigned. So it's almost going to be a year since I resigned because I resigned last year, December 27th. 
So I'd resigned from Kiss FM. I was doing the breakfast show then. I'd started renovating our extra room in our apartment to be like a home office stroke studio. My equipment had come in. My cousin had, I, I had ordered them on Amazon and my cousin was coming from the States. So she had landed with them nicely. No issues with customs, nothing. Yeah, everything was ready for me to start. And that day that I recorded episode one, I was so scared because I, I sat in this room. My wall was done. My furniture was done. My software was downloaded and ready to go. My equipment was ready. So literally the only thing standing between me and starting this podcast was me. And so I called my friend and I was like, yo, I don't know what I'm doing. I look like I do, but I just resigned from this job and now I'm jumping into this world that I really don't even understand. Like, wh- who does that? What type of decision is this? And my friend just told me, then see, you record that. See, that is something you can share with the world. And so after that phone call, I came up with the name immediately, Legally Clueless, because yes, that was what I was feeling and what I still am to date. <laughs> don't you think it has changed? Wapi, I'm so confused about my life. Yeah, I recorded episode one and shared it with you. And I've given you an episode every Monday since then for 40 weeks. But even going back to like when I was resigning, I knew I wanted to dive into this podcast world, but I was also like, maybe I should go into business. Let me open up business. <laughs> I know my husband has really uh, a lot of experience in business. So I'll always test my business ideas on him. And you, I had so many business ideas. There was once, at one point, I wanted to go into jewelry and start selling jewelry. Do you know what my reason was for that? Because me, I like jewelry. <laughs> Hiya. The next one I had was I wanted to open a salon. I think I had that idea because I was just seeing a lot of like chicks in media going into salons. I was like, maybe there's money in there. But then I realized I don't really like even spending time in salons personally. But now running one, what would that even look like? So I lingered that idea. Tested it with my husband. He was like, are you serious? No, think harder. Kept thinking. Then I was like, ha. Let me open a nail bar. And <laughs> I think that idea, I think it lasted all of one day. <laughs> it's one of those things that is in the back of my head in terms of business. I am currently looking at certain business options, but I'm taking it very, very slow because I want to be sure I'm doing it for the right reasons. And I want to be sure that I've thought the plan out and it's not at just because of hype or just because everybody's doing it. Because those are some very flimsy reasons to go into business, I think. <laughs> Actually, even speaking about this business, it reminds me of early on, since we're doing a walk down memory lane of Legally Clueless, on 100 African Stories, a couple of episodes ago, I had one Geshi, who's a Kenyan rapper, who then diversified and went into business. And so one of the questions, obviously, I asked, I was like, okay, so how did you start? Like, how did you put the money together to even start your business? And she said that she actually applied for capital from the youth fund. Yeah, and she got it. So it was very interesting to learn about different ways that people started their business. And I remember from that episode, I always wanted to spotlight on 100 African stories, different 
entrepreneurs, African entrepreneurs. I just hadn't gotten around to do it until I met Janet. Janet is an entrepreneur and she runs her own business, but she also is part of a group of seven women and four men. Yeah. And together they applied for a loan from the Women Enterprise Fund got the loan. They now have two pieces of land and they're looking into how to develop it. Like, do they build flats on one and start renting those out or sell them? Um, so it was just interesting when I met her to understand the different angles around business. And also when she started telling me her story, I was just like, just hold on, let me get my mic. <laughs> because as she started telling me about the business that she runs solely, which is around curios and African jewelry and African clothing and accessories, she started that business when she was in university. She actually was a hawker after graduating from university for one year. Yep. But she graciously agreed to be on 100 African Stories. So you know what? Hear her story from her mouth, not mine. A hundred African stories. There is no proper life that you live in university as a musician. If I constantly just walked around feeling sorry for myself, I'm never going to get anything done. Uh, there was a bit of frustration in between all of that. I've been breaking my back for this company. Therapy is not for the weak or for the crazy. Stories from Africa. My name is Janet Wango Injenga from Kiambu County, a place called Kawendan in Kenya. I joined campus back in 2010, I had a plan that I want to finish my degree and become a job creator. So while I was still in campus, I with my friend Gladys Asingwal, we started doing some beadworks. We could make the bracelets. Then we sell to our fellow students. Sometimes we could make even fluffy mats. We sell even to those who have the vehicles. So once I finished degree, that was back in 2014, we had accumulated a total of 36,000. So with 36,000, it was not even enough to rent a house. So what I did, uh, I opted to do the hawking. I could make the bracelets, do the hawking, then accumulate enough amount to knowing that one day I'll start my own shop. It was a bit difficult because I could wake up very early in the morning without knowing who I'm going to sell to, but I could go around door to door, from houses to houses, even to KU, from hostel to hostel, yeah. selling my products. Sometimes it was even a challenge because it was not always allowed but like in KU it was not so allowed to hook hostel to hostel so I had to find my way in sell to students because I needed capital sometimes I could just put my products along the road so that those who are passing by can buy my items every sales I used to save so I used to spend little and I would prefer even not to maybe take small portion of food but make sure I save enough my vision was I need to start my company, I need to start something that will also help the rest. When I was in that year, there was somewhere was attached. When I graduated, they called my sister, they need me back. But I was not so interested because in my mindset, I had said I wanted to be a job creator. But if I had gone for that job, then I'll not get that opportunity to create my own business. Okay, it was a tough time because you see my parents are there, your siblings are there, and then they're trying to challenge you. How comes you have taken like eight years four years in campus doing your degree and then here you are you want to do a job that any other person who has not gone to school can do so it was a bit challenging and to them they were feeling a bit shameful because i remember even when i was hawking uh, my siblings could sometimes 
just pass very fast without recognizing, assuming that I'm not there because they don't want their friends to see that a graduate like me is doing the hawking. But I didn't worry about it because I knew it's just for a short time. With time, I'm going to accumulate enough and those people maybe who are laughing at me, I'm going to employ them and employ others. So that's where I started. So I declined that job and realized what I'm doing is good and I really enjoy it. Even if it takes me long hours walking, I used to say, ah, I'm the vehicle. Provided my legs can carry me, then I'm the vehicle. So I should be grateful. Hostel to hostel in KU, there's a lot of hostels, Neo Hostel, Lukenya, all those hostels. I used to walk all through those hostels and then the following day perhaps I could just go door to door in other houses actually I could walk even from Kawendani to town doing the hawking mm. because I tried to save every single shilling I could get I used to discipline myself this way each day with its own problem so I'll eat food from the sales that I'll make on that day not from the previous day. So if I don't sell, then I don't have to eat. Oh, wow. So if I don't sell, then I don't have to take a mat. Also, I used to make sure for every sale, there's some portion of amount saved for the capital that will not be touched. And then there's a portion for food. This portion for, for the matatu and all that. I hooked for like uh, one and a half years. It was one year of hooking. I had accumulated enough amount. And that's when I started my, a small shop. It was a small shop. I managed to get about 80000 I rented the house. I paid the deposit and I stocked the shop. So what I did, I employed someone to be staying at the shop. And I continued hooking. So I could go buy the items, leave them at the shop. And for me, because I'm free now, I can just go hawking mm. so that I can accumulate more. And those who are just walking by, they can come into the shop and buy the item from there. So that way I managed to accumulate money very fast. And I got ability to register even the company. Registering the company, I was referred by my sister to a lawyer. He charged me 20000 to do the registration to write the memorandum until we get the certificate of incorporation. So we paid in bills. At first, I paid him like 10000 And then I waited again for so long because we registered it on 2015. But I managed to clear the balance on 2016. So that's when I, I received that certificate of incorporation. That certificate of incorporation, now things changed. With the name, a registered business, it was also even easier to go approach clients online, Facebook, and then with their title, go to offices, request them, give me the job, I can do this, the, maybe the shirt printing, because I also embrace the shirt printings, mm. the branding. It was not so easy also, because you see, like, my body is so small. You go to an office, and then I'm here telling you, if you give me the job, I can do the tailoring of the staff uniform and do the branding for you. And you're like, ah, the kid. How can we trust you? It's like if you give you the maybe the down payment, you'll just go run away or go do your stuff there out there and then you disappear like that. No, 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 no. So they used to challenge me actually. But also another challenge is you could do all that job, you have borrowed that money and you take the product, the finished product to that company or to that person and then you tell me, oh, no, 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 we have changed the mind. We don't want to take it back. I used to say, as long as I'm breathing this hope, even if things are tough today, they'll be even tough tomorrow. 
But the day after tomorrow, they'll be even good. I was invited to a Rurashio. Do you know Rurashio? Rurashio is like um, you're getting married and then you want to go give the worry. So my friend used to be my schoolmate also, inviting me. That's when I met with a lady by the name Jane Kagira. She was working with Women Enterprise Funds. Eh? I briefed her about my business, how I'm doing, because I used to see her also in Kenyatta University, it's only that we just met, and she was much interested and she referred me to uh, to Riro representative Rollins. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know what, even if you don't want uh, to apply for finances, perhaps they can give you a platform to market your product. I didn't think that person like me could benefit from those finances. You know, those ideologies, we have concentrated so much on negative messages that uh, tries to portray that Finances is for special or specific people. If you go there, you must know someone for you to get the funds. Mm, mm. So I didn't want to take that route because I was like nobody. I have no one. I know no one. And I'm not so special like the rest, you see. Mm. I'm not close to those people who are in the government, you see. So that's why I didn't want to apply for the loan because I knew eventually I'll even apply, but I'll not get it. So why should I bother? So I want to tune my mind. If I don't have it, I don't have it. And that's why I was not so willing to apply for the finances. Lawrence kept on insisting that this finances is for everybody, not for specific people. But I was like, ah, I have the company. What I need from you, just market my products. Mm. I send you the products, market them in your platforms. Mm. And that's what they did. They marketed my items for like one year, still trying to persuade me to get the finances, but I don't want to apply. Once they were marketing, they also uh, moved to an extent of gaming the the caps, caps mark. Mm. So that's when I realized, wow, so so I can also benefit from webs. So that's when my mindset a bit, it's tuned a a little bit. And I, I started viewing things differently now. And then when I joined his training, he mentioned about how groups, other groups have benefited and one of the groups used to, to do the like table banking, they buy the land, and they realized, wow, wow, wow. So this is something that also other people can benefit from. I changed my mindset, and I said, no, I need also to, um, to form a group so that not only me benefiting or my company benefiting, other people also can benefit from it. So I had to uh, mobilize the group. I mobilized a group of 12 people. They all agreed. We formed, we registered the group, and we started borrowing the money Mm. but the beauty part of it the formation of the group really transformed us all because it's when i realized president paul kagami said he said remember you're the government you young people you're the government and because you're the government it's you who give us the power without you then we are powerless and because you're creative it's your creativity that brings this nation and other nations up. And that stuck into my mind. Yeah, that's true. Having a group being guided by constitution is like another small government. Personally, I'm the chairperson, so you feel like you're the president. Okay. You have to coordinate or to manage 12 people. They, they have come from different backgrounds. They have different mindsets. They have different likes. So you have to bring something that will unite all of them. This group of 12 members, okay, we, we, we are... Uh, eight women, four men. So we came together with a name of creating an empire. We said, why don't we con- be contributing monthly, maybe 2,500 each? And they all agreed, yes. Mm. So with each contributing 2,500 shillings, with a name maybe of investing in asset, because you see, starting a business is not so easy. So we decided to dwell on asset investment. We contribute money when it's enough to buy a piece of 
of land we buy. And also we applied the WEF loan. When it comes, we can also buy more. And that's what we started. We managed to buy one plot mm-hmm. at Matu. Then with WEF money, we have bought another one at Nakulu. So we have mm-hmm. two plots. So that's a great achievement in a span period of one year. One year, I think one year, two months now. We want to see ourselves being a big empire, creating thousands and thousands of jobs opportunities to the rest. From 2,000 shillings hawking, accumulating to 80,000, where I opened a small shop. Eh? I employed someone and I was so aggressive, going from one office to the other, and it was during campaign time where I could go with folded seat. Even if I'm not invited, I could find myself in. Yeah, it was 2017 campaign time. So what I used to do, I used to target the politicians, the new T-shirts, and we, you see we do the branding. So I could just go with folded seat. If we get a point to speak, I could tell them what I have. I express myself, and some of them could listen to me. Out of it... I managed to accumulate more money to buy machines. So that's when I bought my first machines, the sewing machines. Then from there, I have the ability not to produce more. I have that confidence to go to curio shops to tell them, no, you know what, I can do this and this. But you see, like when I was doing the hawking, my main focus was to make sure I get the talented individuals skilled and then utilize the ability to make a living or to make an enterprise. I managed to apply several curio shops. They agreed to be giving me orders because I used to go with items, ready items. I tell them, you know what? I know you are targeting maybe to a wrist and we can help one another. This is a win-win. I produce you something unique. When tourists comes in, they will like it. And some of them bought that idea. I started supplying to kilo shops. Now not one item, several items. Then I moved from employing two, three people. Now I've employed like nine, more than nine people. Now with the help of WEF, because they have allowed me to be like a legitimate company, not a scammer. So I could lean on them, and that's when I managed to approach other curio shops in South Africa, Ghana, and USA. Because, you see, like, in USA, they are, like, if we give you the job, we need this item, but we don't know, we are not so sure whether you are genuine. Mm. Because there are so many people, there are so many scammers. So how sure are we? Go back to maybe web, web website. You'll see in web circle, they recognize my company. And there's no way I would like my company to be ruined or to have bad reputation because I need you. And they want to create more jobs opportunity. And they could give me the chance. We have also managed to extend our supply even to Kigali. I'm so grateful because through Waves, I managed to get to Kigali. I met several people, several youths, and I made a lot of networks, new networks. And one of my clients, potential clients, who has been placing order, she has placed orders twice now, is J&M Curio Shop in Kigali and we supply like monthly she asks for more orders I supply to her you see my advice to young African women who want to get into business is believe in yourself with that inner conviction that you can make it just a can you have to have that hope even if things are so tough you will penetrate you are even tougher than those problems and with no time you will create empires but first start with self-belief catch our next african stories in the next episode i absolutely loved hanging out with janet i went to her shop her shop is in kahawa wendani which is in kiambu county so it's not such a far ride from 
where I am in Nairobi, but then it's not counted as being part of Nairobi County. So it's like I went on a road trip. I really didn't. <laughs> but I crossed counties. And it was really fun hanging out with her. I had to hold back from shopping because her pieces are so... There, there was this one bag... Oh my God, I really wanted to buy it, but I'm trying to stop my impulse buying. But I took a photo of it because I was that attached. <laughs> I'll share it with you guys on my Instagram. So after talking to her, I decided, okay, let me just look up what this Women Enterprise Fund is. So you, in her story, you had her mentioning WEF, 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 WEF. It's the Women Enterprise Fund, which is basically an agency here in Kenya. And they provide accessible and affordable credit to support women who want to start or maybe expand their businesses. So they're looking at empowering 1 million women across Kenya. And they're not doing it alone. So one of the partners who's come on board to help them is Coca-Cola. And Coca-Cola have a 5 million women by 2020 campaign. So basically, it's their commitment to empower 5 million women by 2020. And so when they saw what WEF is doing, they jumped on board. So because of this commitment, Coca-Cola Southern and East Africa Business Unit is contributing to helping the Women Enterprise Fund to be able to reach more women and recruit more women, but also to have workshops where the women can be given business skills, training, um, can be given loans. It really is in line with the 5 by 20 commitment that Coca-Cola has. And of course, I was like, okay, fine. So this partnership seems to be wise. It seems to make sense. Has it impacted women in Kenya? So by the end of June 2019, through this partnership of Coca-Cola and the Women Enterprise Fund, 635,000 women have been impacted and have actually received business skills training and loans as well. So I think it's a really dope thing to be able to do because when you're thinking about starting your business, even like for me, thinking about the various business plans, one thing that drives it is, can I afford to even start it? Like, where do I get chooms to actually start this? Sorry, chooms is such old slang. Where do I get the money <laughs> to actually start this business or even the skills? So I was reading up on it. I'm like, hmm, Adele, maybe this needs to be something you look into if you genuinely want to go into business as a Kenyan woman. So I guess if you're in that same space like me, you can check out the Women Enterprise Fund. Their website is www.wef.co.ke, but I'll put it in the description box. They actually have like an online store where the women who have benefited from their loans and from their workshops and have gotten all of these business skills can showcase their products. So even Janet's products are on this Facebook and Instagram page, which is at WEF Soko. But I'll put it in the description box so you can check it out. Maybe you'll see the bag. <laughs> that one bag that I really wanted to buy. But hey, next time. However, remember, join our Insta tribe. So just head over to Legally Clueless Podcast. And that's it for this episode of Legally Clueless. You can share this podcast with your friends. You can keep it for yourself. I'm not judging. Just make sure you're here next week for the next episode.